Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Business on the Beach and I've got a very special guest today. We have Zachary Babcock joining me. Hey Zach, thanks for coming on. Hey, what's going on Mike? I appreciate you having me bro. Zach's gone from living with convicted felons in prison for over five years to rubbing elbows with multi-millionaires every day. He helps entrepreneurs grow, scale, and monetize their podcast. I hear he can get us into the top 200 on iTunes, and he also runs his own podcast production agency. So he's gone from as low as a lot of people can imagine to as high as well. I hear he is hitting over 20K months from his businesses so was that painting the picture for us a little bit like how, how did you get in prison firstly i mean it's a, a lot of people tend to get in there for different reasons right so what was yours and paint the picture for what it was like for you yeah man uh it's a great question you know uh i was i was a knucklehead growing up just i wanted to fit in with everybody my father died when i was seven so I always had like this void of wanting to be accepted by everybody. I mean, we all do to an extent because that's human nature. It's basic human psychology. We all want to, we're, we're social animals and we literally de- depended on the tribe, you yeah. know, back in our primal ages. But um, I did this a little bit too far to whereas if I wasn't accepted by a certain group, like that would like really cause a big void. So I would do things that were out of my character just to fit in. And, uh, you know, I ended up catching some cases by the time I was 17 and I went away on a seven-year sentence for four. And I did four years flat on that, and I got out for for a couple of years. But I ended up going back when I caught a DWI, just twenty days before my twins were born, and that's yeah. when the game changed for me, man. That's when I was like, man, enough is enough, man. All I wanted to be growing up was a father I didn't have, and that's what uh, led me onto this uh, new path and into uh, uh, entrepreneurship and being a responsible father, and where I'm at now today. Yeah, it seems that um, from a lot of people that I speak to that having kids and being a parent can change your perspective quite a lot. So what sort of ways did it shift things for you? Man, it shifted everything, bro. So I, I, (laughs) (laughs) that's a great question. So I I got some DWI. I got a DWI when I got out the first time for that two years after doing four years flat. And um, I ended up going back to prison just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And, and Mike, dude, like that was the most painful experience I've ever felt in my life, waking up in that jail cell in Ferguson, Missouri, learning that I'm going back to prison just 20 days before my twin sons were born. Um, I can't put it even begin to put it into words how painful it was, but it was also the very best thing that could have happened to me in that moment because immediately in that moment, my entire paradigm, my perspective on life shifted completely and I, I said to myself, I said, I don't care what the hell it takes to get back home and to be a responsible father and to be happy and successful, but I'm going to do it. I didn't know what happy and successful even looked like in that point in time of my life. And I didn't know how I was going to make it happen, but I had my reasons why I was going to do it. Yeah, it's, it's almost like your, your entire priority shift, don't they? Like it's no longer about you, you know, and it becomes about somebody else. Um, what sort of spurred you on? to get through it so you were there for years right so was it the the idea of seeing your kids what got you through it or was there something else yeah that was too painful for me is to not be in my kids life um you know i i had already did four plus years uh in prison and i didn't i didn't obviously i didn't learn from it because i didn't i I went back Mm. but when when i missed out on their birth man that was enough for me and i I said i'm done and, uh, and everything changed there. You know, a lot of people, it happens over time. And I guess there's a lot of other prior events leading up to that. 
And that was probably the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. But that for me was like an instant shift for me. Yeah, it, it definitely seems that way. I mean, it, it comes across almost like it was too important, I guess, for you to, to miss that. And you actually did. So, you know, I, I'm not a father, so I, I can't really speak to what it was like. But when, when things are important, there's the element of it becomes non-negotiable then. Like it becomes it's, it's happening or it's happening. I mean, what, what sort of shift did you have to make in order to, I guess, to start on this journey that you were on after prison because, you know, it's, it's all well and good what wanting to be responsible and, and be a father and all that sort of stuff. I mean, was, was being a business owner, being an entrepreneur actually on the cards for you at that point? Or did you sort of, sort of think, well, whatever it takes is whatever it takes. Yeah, man. Great question. So it was a little bit of both. It was like, it, it was whatever it takes, whatever it takes. But also I knew that I was going to have to go into business because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get a job as a convicted felon. Ah, okay. Yeah. And so I started, but the very first shift though, that I said that I knew I had to change was my people, places and things. I knew I couldn't hang out with the whole crowd and go to the same places. I, you are who you become. And I knew that much. I wasn't into personal development at this time in my life, but I knew that much. So I knew I had to change my people, places and things. And then I started formulating on, uh, I had this crazy business idea that I was going to sell these t-shirts uh, door to door and these wristbands. See, I'm, I'm from Ferguson, Missouri, and I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with uh, my, the Michael Brown situation that happened in 2014, but when that happened, um, that's when I was in prison, and it was really unfortunate, but at the same time, the media was hyping up Ferguson, Missouri to be some deadly war zone place or whatever the hell you want to – they were hyping it up way out of proportion to, to making it look like a bad place to live, and I grew up there. It's my hometown, and I knew it wasn't. Uh. And so, so my idea was to make these t-shirts that said, I heart Ferguson. I was going to go door to door selling them and some wristbands. Uh, and I was going to find a under the, under the table paying job to fund this in the beginning. And uh, yeah, that was my business idea to start off. I didn't, you know, they, we, obviously it didn't happen, but uh, you know, that was, that was what started getting me thinking in that uh, perspective. Yeah. I guess if, if you couldn't get a job after being in prison, I mean, it seems like there's only so many options for you, you know, like you, you don't get a job or you do your own thing. I mean, it's one of the, one of the things that is coming up for me at the minute is that a lot of this that you've gone through has been about, you've not really been given that much choice, I suppose. Like you, you, you can't get a job. It's nearly impossible. So your option is, well, I'll do my own thing. I mean, how much would you say that <clears throat> need has played into it? Like you, you've needed to do something and a lot of the options have been shut out for you. Like has, has this need to do something been something that's been of a, I guess, as I, as about, I suppose it's a common theme, isn't it? It's something that, that has driven you at least. Oh yeah, bro. Absolutely. So I've been an entrepreneur at heart my whole entire life. Uh, when I was a kid, I was in a rap group. Uh, it's so funny, gangster rapper. Uh, and, but we actually did pretty good. We uh, opened up for Chingy, which he's a local rapper that kind of made it big for a little bit with Ludacris. But uh, we opened up for him and we went to the Vibe Music Fest contest down in Atlanta way back in 2005. And I was always the guy that got the group together. Like I wasn't the best rapper in the group, but I was always the guy that like got us together to to write music, to make beats, to go pay for studio time before, you know, he had all this technology and stuff. And um, was the guy to buy tickets for the shows to hustle them off and then to do shows and stuff like that. So that's always been there. And then I used to hustle T-shirts. I always, dude, I, my first job was at McDonald's 
and I lasted half a shift and I pulled a Scarface off of the movie <laughs> Half-Baked, the fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, fuck you, I'm out, or whatever, because <laughs> it just wasn't me, dude. And uh, But then I did, all my other jobs, you know, as a teenager were door-to-door sales and, um, you know, things of that nature. Uh, I've always just been a real people person, real social, and um, really good with people and figuring out what their needs are and what their wants are and figuring out how to get them to that. But uh, yeah, so it's always been with me, man. And, and it just, uh, you know, the, going through what I went through, well, going through what I put myself through uh, really opened uh, up the doors for really me to dive fully into what I love doing. So it's really, I mean, it's actually, a, it, it looks like a curse, but it's really a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I just want to sort of acknowledge the fact that from what you've said there, it seems like you've, you've turned your, your wanting to be accepted and you've actually used it as a bit of a strength because you know how to find out how people work. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you were quite deep into psychology as well. So it feels like you've sort of, you've used that, I guess, trying to figure out how people work so that, so that they can actually accept you and you've turned it into a, a bit of a strength. So I was wanting to just wanted to say that that's what, I'm picked up on. I sort of realized that at least that's the impression that I'm getting as well. I mean, what, what sort of things have came up for you over the years when you look back and go, huh, maybe it has helped me in some way. Dude, psychology. I, so <laughs> I am definitely not a, a, a psychologist or a PhD or whatever, but I am totally a psychology nerd. Like I geek out over it, bro. Like I love it. I just love reading, reading books on it. Uh, I mean, it's countless. Uh, it, you think about it though, man, um, marketing, like everybody's like trying to figure out, Oh, should I make my button red in my funnel? Or should I, you know, say, or whatever. If you, if you think about it, if you just study basic human psychology and, and really understand how humans work, then you'll be able to market. Um, it, it's, it's everything. Anything that involves uh, two or more people is, is psychology and it can carry on to any career. Uh, it's, I don't know, it just really, it's always been something that's really excited me. And I, I guess because I was raised by my mother and I didn't have that father figure growing up, uh, my mom was, you know, women generally tend to be more empathetic than, uh, than males. And uh, we all are empathetic creatures. I mean, before even we could speak back in the primal ages, we relied on our empath, uh, em, em, I can't pronounce it, empathetic, uh, empathic, whatever, power. Yeah, yeah, being able, we're the only animals that can tr- put ourselves in the minds of another animal or another human and feel how they feel and think how they think. Obviously, it's not 100%, but that's how we relied on. We had to rely on the emotions uh, and the, like seeing somebody being, fearful of like a saber toothed tiger getting ready to attack the tribe and being able to read that and act instantly. Like, um, you know, so that, that, that's, what's always excited me about, uh, psychology. So where did you go like post t-shirts then? What was the, what was the next step for you? I mean, did that go well? Are you still doing that now? Like what, what sort of (laughs) next steps did you take business wise? So bro, long story short, that's a great question. I never did. Uh, I sold t-shirts before I went to prison the, the, the time and it was like when I was in a, in a drunken alcoholic rage stage but um when I got out the plan was to do that you know for the Ferguson uh, mm. incident that happened uh, I never I never did get get into that because I couldn't even find a job getting out uh, even under the p- table paying job I ended up getting into network marketing for two years right. um, I built up almost a two thousand dollar month residual income at the time you couldn't even scare me off with the p- word pyramid scheme because <laughs> I, I didn't even know what the hell it was but uh 
I did that for about two years, but then I lost my passion for it because I was like, man, I'm, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't like just spamming my lists and, and, and you know, who's next, whatever, all, with all that stuff that they teach you, uh, in the company that I was in, at least it just didn't resonate with what I wanted to do. I was burning relationships left and right. And so I ended up leaving in 2017. Uh, I started, uh, I wanted to help people. So I started on like this coaching journey of being a life coach. I didn't make a single penny or help a single person because my messaging was all over the place and I couldn't solve a specific problem for a specific type of person. I didn't understand that. And so I bumped my head in the road for almost over a year. And I, what, what's, what really changed the game for me, man, is that I felt like anytime I tried to collaborate with anybody, any other entrepreneur, that nobody, gave, no, nobody took me seriously and they were like counting me out. And they, were, it's like, it's like all, they looked at me as like some ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought and didn't give me any time of the day. And um, that's what sparked me to start this podcast that I, that I do now, Underdog Empowerment. It was like, man, everybody's counting me out. Nobody wants to collaborate with me. They don't believe that I'm going to amount to anything and they're trying to judge me on my past and, and, and keep me in that box. And I'm not staying in that box. And so I started it for selfish reasons first for that and also to empower other underdog entrepreneurs. You know, you can't fill up a cup from an empty cup. And it was crazy, bro, because podcasting just changed the game, dude. I became a top 200 rated podcast for the first week of it dropping. And then the next week I got Billy Genius marketing on the podcast. Uh, you know, talk about from nobody wanting to collaborate with you. And then you have a celebrity on your show the next week. And then it's just been like that ever since. Andy Frisilla, Brad Lee, Ryan Stuman, Cole Hatter, David Meltzer, like all these people that I've been able to form relationships with and not just interview virtually over over Skype or whatnot. Like I've flown out to these guys' studios and interviewed them in person and built up these relationships. And uh, it's just been incredible, man. And 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 that's what really kind of uh, changed the whole traje trajectory of my career and uh, as I started to build my brand. Yeah, I mean, the the idea of network marketing being something of, uh, I guess now it's got a massive negative vibe towards it, but it, it's, I think it's just being marketed the wrong way. Like I've, I've had conversations with this in the past and, you know, if, if you're network marketing, like networking's been around long before network marketing came out. But I think the problem is, is people think it, it is a business as opposed to like you're, you're using a tool of marketing as opposed to like, that is your business because, you know, I, I network, but I wouldn't say I was selling something and taking a, a percentage, if that makes sense. So it, it's hard, isn't it? Because people start arguing the fact that it is a business or it's not and it's this and it's that. It, to and it, it totally is a business where, where most people get it wrong though is so, and, and if I, if it sounded like I was knocking network marketing, I'm totally not because I'm totally grateful for my experience. Um, so there is great network marketing companies out there and there are great network marketing professionals out there and there are horrible companies and horrible network marketers out there, just yeah. like with everything, bro, everything. I don't care what career or what business it is. There's good and bad and everything. I was unfortunate enough to be in a company where they taught me to go about it the wrong way and it just was burning relationships. So uh, I'm great. I'm grateful for that experience though, because um, it, it showed me, it, it introduced me to personal development. It showed me what's truly possible. I was making almost $2,000 a month residual income within my first six months in it versus before that I couldn't even find a job. And I was an ex convict coming out of prison, you know, couldn't even get a job anywhere. So it really 
opened my eyes up to what was really possible. It opened me up to personal development and it showed me also how not to network with that specific <laughs> company that I was in. I love that. You go, well, at the very least, it's taught me what not to do. That's kind of how that wants to work. All right. So just before we, we dart off the end, because I'm, I'm aware that we're, we're close to the end, what is your business like now? So we've, we've talked a lot about what it's been like for you. And a lot of people, I guess, can relate to the fact that you've had to overcome a lot of things to get to where you are. But where is that? Like, what What is zach babcock's business looking like now and just out of curiosity where do you see it going man that's a I love that question so i got i got very i mean we all have very ambitious goals um right now though what I, and i always like to talk about you know what's done instead of what we're what we're gonna do but i i, I like that question though um right now dude i got an agency where we produce podcasters podcasts so we could take away all that time and headache and energy that they're spending producing their podcasts and free them up so they can actually go out and market their podcasts or just market their business in general. But we free them up from that with the agency. I love the agency because it's like a cash cow. Uh, I, I have my team and stuff that produces and we, and we make it our mission to produce that podcast in that podcaster's unique voice that aligns with their brand and their audience. Um, and then what more of the passion side is I also help people get started with podcasts and we make them a top 200 rated podcaster in five weeks or less fully guaranteed. Uh, everybody's launched with me has hit it in the top, uh, hit the top 200 in less than 48 hours. But we also show them how to directly monetize their podcast and make an additional thousand dollars a month directly from the podcast. We show them how to grow their downloads at least by a thousand each and every month. And we show them how to interview these celebrity style uh, types people that, you know, celebrity in your industry or celebrity that, you know, pretty much any entrepreneur know, whatever the case may be, we help them do all that. And so that's what I'm doing right now. That's what I've been doing, but I got huge goals where, uh, it, it's kind of a, a, a long, longer story, but I'll, I'll wrap it up and condense it where I'm going to be hiring convicted felons. Cause there's not a lot of resources given to convicted felons. Mm -hmm. And for the, for the ones that are truly ready to change their life, like I was coming out of prison, you know, there wasn't a lot of resources for me. You had to go make it happen and you can make it happen. It's all your decision. Well, I just want to offer some resources that aren't currently offered. So I want to give them a job at my agency, starting them out. And then they have to read certain books that I, that I pick out or that, that we have in this program and go through certain uh, courses or whatnot. So they're going to start learning this online marketing thing. And if they're cut out to be an entrepreneur, you know, they'll, they'll be able to fly away from the nest real soon. They won't need me for that long. And if they're not cut out to be an entrepreneur, because not, not everybody is, then they can continue to work for our agency and we'll bump them up and pay and give them leadership roles or whatnot. So that's like the, the long-term vision with it. That's awesome. That, that sounds really cool. I like the way that you're, you're always looking to give back as well. It seems to be another one of your, your key things that you always try to do. So if, if someone wanted to get involved with, with your world, Zach, where can people go? Absolutely, dude. Guys, if you enjoyed this interview, I'm really passionate about my podcast, obviously. Come check me out on Underdog Empowerment. Um, you can subscribe to it on literally any platform that you listen to podcasts to. Uh, but to make it really easy for you, you can go to underdogempowerment.com and right there on the front page, you can pick whatever platform, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, whatever that you like listening to right there. I hope to see you guys over there. Thanks for having me, Mike. Not a problem, Zach. I look forward to keeping in touch. Right on, my man.